A very good afternoon to everybody. Thanks very much, as always, for being a part of uh, Arcadum Weekly Podcast. Uh, so this week we have invited uh, top designer uh, to sort of jump in with this. So lads, introduce yourself. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Christian here. Hey, I'm Ignacio, a game artist at Arcadum. And I'm Philip, as always. Hello. Philip, as always, man, that's a, that's a new title. I think that's a good one, actually. I think that'll stick. <laughs> yeah, that uh, should be my next level title, right? <laughs> yeah, it really should be. We could do a whole podcast of that. Let's just dive straight into the first question. And obviously, it's a biggie one, right? So why do we create exclusive content for the iGaming industry? So you kind of approach it from a marketing perspective, because when you launch these titles, you know, a month, two weeks, three months in advance, sometimes even a year, you get a general idea of how the game is actually going to perform. And if you need to make any subtle changes, that will affect the certification or anything like that. And also, you can use it, as stated, as marketing. You know, the game's doing really well somewhere for two yeah. months exclusive. It kind of gives a little bit more in your locker to say to anyone else, this game's been here for two months. You know, it's doing really well. We think it would be really good for your players. And it kind of generates a bit more of that buzz as well. And it makes it a bit happier as well because you can kind of decide how it's going as well. Before, it's kind of like a, like I said, like a pre-release, right? So you just kind of see everything in advance and it's always nice to see. Exactly. And then from a commercial standpoint as well, it's always good to help our partners out uh, with these pre-releases because it gives them more traction uh, because they have the game live, as Philip said, uh, in advance from other operators. So it gives them a better way of promoting the game. Let's just talk, uh, just take a, a slight detour. So how designing exclusive games or features, and again, Ignacio, feel free to jump in on this one, helps with this sort of you know, arcade and, you know, gaming universe that we are creating for ourselves right now. All right. So as a game artist, uh, I've got to say it doesn't make much of a difference whether the game will be released exclusively for a specific provider or not. And let me explain. Mm -hmm. I mean, each game I've been working on uh, can be enjoyed individually, right? Yeah. So you don't have to have played previous games for it to be uh, fun or for the player to be able to enjoy the graphics or to enjoy the mechanics. Uh, we design each character uh, and game environment uh, with the same excitement, I would say, and will to create something unique, uh, which I believe is our main focus, right? So uh, everything we do has one single objective, which is making someone else enjoy it for as long as they wish to enjoy it. So every time I begin a new project, I try to do something I had never done before. Um, for instance, in the Immortal DAO, um, I did the game environment using some tools I had not used in the past in order to make it different from the rest, like from uh, Merlin, for instance. Right. Whether it's a new brush or color palette or new technique um, uh, to create the shadows, there's always something new. And this is something I know it's not only adopted by me, but uh, also by the rest of the team. I think that creating exclusive features is something I consider to be fun and exciting, as the rest of the team does. And I think as well, from my standpoint, the way Ignacio does this and the other artists within Arcadium do it, is we have this story and you know we have the reference material as well for the games, but these guys truly bring their characters to life and each character feels like they have that story that's tied into them just on how they look and how they interact in the game. Yeah. And I think just from a standpoint for the team, they, they do it so well that we talk about these guys like the, like they were sitting next to us in Arcadium. Um, I think Zhao Chen in Immortal Dao, we kind of wanted to make him look like really 
heroic, but the way Ignatio did it and the background was so good. They just tied in so well together. And you're kind of like, yes, this is the martial arts expert. And it's actually influenced the sequel to Immortal Dower coming in the future. So when we see, you know, evolve like this, it's easier then to potentially make a sequel for the game or tell the marketing story behind that as well. Yeah. And is it, does it keep it sort of fresh, right? Because I think whenever you deal with design and creation of anything whatsoever, any type of content, you always want to try and keep it fresh. And what's next? And, you know, how can I improve the next time? Do you almost have a, a different feel, though, and a different mindset going, this could actually be exclusive for a while. So why don't I try different things? Or why don't I do something a little bit different? Because you know it's going in on the exclusive side of it. I think for me, it kind of depends because... With, with the Immortal Dark, for instance, when that game was finished, and I was like, I'm going to show this off to our client, that construct. And they were they were like, oh, this game is really cool. And, I was, and it just comes up in conversation. It's like, oh, would you maybe like to have this game, you know, exclusively for a while? And then it kind of just helps that story go along and then it helps the, like, the sale if, as if you were. And the way it flowed with DAO was just really nice because if you show this game to anyone, it's a nice game. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. good. So to to market that is it's really easy from my standpoint in terms of the design you'd have to speak to ignacio um and i'm sure I'll jump in a second but for my side designing the game and then seeing it come to life the way it was it just makes it easier for me to market because it, i like it i love it it's, it's amazing with the strategy we have here as well with the arcadum to try to have the games ready as far and as a, in advance as possible so we yeah. can actually do things like this we can show our provider we can show an operator we can show them well in advance and they can have the first say like we would like to have this game exclusive on our platform so this is yeah. as well why we're trying always to be so much ahead with development so we have this uh, opportunity so to say i'll agree I mean, that game, the, the Immortal Dower, is just absolutely stunning, by the way. I've, I've got to say, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, right, so let me just move on. Um, question three. So let's just talk about from the marketing standpoint just for a second. So um, if we ever do encounter it, right, which is negative feedback, how do we counteract it? Anything that comes from sort of exclusive content, because we know we've put it somewhere in exclusivity. And, you know, how do we deal with that negative feedback if there is any? It, it kind of depends what the feedback really is. If it's kind of like a player's feedback saying, oh, I didn't win in this and blah, blah, blah. That's that's RTP, you know, it floats around like a yo-yo sometimes. Um, it's just a nature because it's based on such a, you know, millions upon millions of spins. Um, when it comes to kind of more of the aspect of the mechanics or the sound or the visuals, sometimes they're really difficult to change depending on how, you know, much time we have between the general release. But if it's something like critical and we've not seen it and, you know, it's get highlighted and we're like, yeah, if we change this, it'll make it a better game. And if we can do it, for sure we'll do it. And it's like a learning curve then, right? And if we can't do it, it helps us in the future make that mistake never again. Yeah. So you have to see the pre-releases a bit of a learning curve. But so far, so good. You know, we've had Merlin go pre-release um, at the start of this week. We've had good feedback about the game. Um, with nothing you know, negative. So it's yeah. the same level of doubt in terms of the way it looks. It looks really nice and feels good. So we're kind of lucky in that aspect. But if something did pop up, we would take it on board. And if we can fix it then, great. If not, we will make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. From an artistic standpoint, again, Ignatius would have to jump in and you know on the feedback if it's artwork related. But if it's anything to do with mechanics or design, then you know it falls upon myself. So, so it's just before Ignatius, you do jump in. If let's just say it is something on the art side of it if this game has gone out to you know somewhere that's exclusive right mm-hmm. but you know we get the feedback that is on the art do we have the opportunity potentially before it goes on general release to change the art 
maybe the animation or something like that. Do, do we get that opportunity? It depends on uh, what markets we're live in and the general time we have to do that. If it's kind right. of like the Curacao area markets or the MGA market only, potentially we can update it. But if it's, if it's a regulated market, it gets a bit trickier because you may have to recertify the game. Okay. So it just it just depends on the regulatory body where it is. Um, nine times out of ten, it should be okay depending on the time frame. But again, you just have to take each case as it comes, and hopefully, touch wood, none of it comes. Yeah. Um, but we'll just have to see, you know, see what happens in the future. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Okay, cool. Let me move on then. So, um, any plans, sort of country specific or region specific, in the future? I know we've talked about and you know one of one of our many podcasts that we've done up at this stage is the fact that we are planning ahead we are planning for the future we're always looking not just six months down the line but what about three years down the line five years down the line so right now is there any sort of game specific or languages or genres or whatever that sort of determines that when it comes when it comes to game design myself and the art team will sit in length and talk properly about each game and you know if we look at a game coming up in the future we could look at anything from the Neon Samurai series. Um, you know, when you hear Samurai, you think, yeah, Japan, definitely Japan. However, when when we design these games and we discuss the team, you know, we make we made Kawa kind of cyberpunk theme, right? So yeah. it's kind of cyberpunk Samurai. So it's not just pigeonholed straight to Japan. And we've seen that with Kawa. Kawa performs, you know, really well in almost areas. And the same with Immortal Dao. I think Ignatius did a really good job of kind of doing that nod to Chinese culture with the game but it's not too much in your face. So it's not offending people from China and it's also not alienating people from other markets because they can see, it's like a film, right? You know, you can see like, yeah, it might be Chinese film, but I, I like this film, you know, it's really good. It's the same principle when you think about it. Ignatio can, you know, mention how we tackle it from an art perspective, but from a design perspective, we don't target specific markets. We have themes in mind that mm -hmm. may lean on the market, but they don't take over that entire market. It's not absorbed by, by the theme. You know, we just use it as a elevate the whole slot. Yeah. Well, again, from an artistic point of view, creating content inspired by or dedicated to a specific region is always fun, uh, but it's also challenging at the same time because um, research is key in these kind of uh, situations. Because the same way words exist and the combination of these end up being a language, uh, color, saturation, uh, you know, lights, shadow, uh, line strokes, or texture, all these combined um, make up for a visual language, if you want to call it that way. So the way you use these, let's uh, call them visual words, um, also need to make sense in the region you will be publishing. For instance, right, okay. in Japan, the color blue um, is the most popular color, or black is, is considered to give uh, bad luck in cert certain occasions. Uh, red and white combined are supposed to give you uh, good luck, right? So yep. again, research is key, uh, which will give you the, the opportunity to also learn about the culture or of the region you're, you're after. I don't know, uh, Philip, uh, maybe you know a little bit more about Japan uh, and its culture. So with 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 China and, and Japan, like you know, the close to each other, but the cultures couldn't be any more different in certain aspects. So in in China, for instance, if you look at Dao, the coins, actually in the middle, you see like an eight 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 pattern because in China, that's a symbol of good luck. 
and then in Japan, you know, a different thing in Japan is they um, they see like, you know, they like guardian spirits and things like that. So in a game that we've got coming out later on this year called Guardians of Inari, it's based in a temple garden, you know, there's like demon spirits and things like that and, you know, good spirits and bad spirits. So, and it's very specific to the Japanese culture and everything's called the name it would be in Japanese. So you have to be, you make subtle hints to that culture and you get mm. them right. It can go a long way. If you make hints that are not right or you know go too much into the culture and get it completely wrong you're kind of screwed to be honest uh to yeah. put it more more blunt there so you have to as ignatio said you have to do a little bit of research that's what i do when i design the games as well and the reference material that i provide is part of that research that i've done and then you know artists like ignatio will go away and do their own research on the material i provided and then it's like a good combination of two and then we sit there and we discuss you know yeah it's it's just about the process it's making sure you on the same page as everyone's on the same page and that's why we have within our company you know ignatia will do the artwork for one game so it's the whole art style in the game is kind of fluid you know if yeah. one artist has done one game they can take pride in that there's no conflict of interest anything like that and the yeah. team will comment don't get me wrong but again it shows as well because i think ignatia has done the design work for uh, Merlin, he's done the design work for Dow and also um, Starfang that comes out at the end of March. And when you look at the games, and every time Ignatio works on a game, he just gets better as he goes along as well. Mm -hmm. So you can tell he's learning those new styles, as you mentioned before, because it just gets better. And for me to see, you know, that is fantastic. I'm like, it gets better every game, what can I say? Um, so for me, it's fantastic. That's all I can say. It's just fantastic. All yeah. right. Thanks for the kind of words, Philippe. I am bread now. Seriously, we're gonna do. We're just gonna do a whole a whole podcast, maybe in a couple of weeks, mate. Just dedicated to you. We're just gonna we're gonna put maybe a little crown on you, get somebody to deliver tea. Birthday, or, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll bring the cake. Seriously, the cake's on us, right? So we'll 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 bring the cake. No, but I know. Joking aside, when someone deserves praise, you know, you, you should tell them because again, yep. it's not me doing the artwork. It's the artist that did the artwork. So again, they should get the praise for that. And we're in just in our game, general, just a step away from the exclusive thing. We like to be part of, like part of a family, and you know, we're not people to take credit for someone else's work like christian may do the greatest sale on the planet i'm not going to sit there and be like oh i did that sale it's when i design a game you know christian's not going to say oh it was me designing that game and with the artwork for the guys i'm not going to sit there and be like yeah you know i made comments on it but these are the guys who do the artwork and not me so when it comes to it they're the ones who are smashing it on that from not me and that's why you know so far i think the feedback that we've had um and certainly feedback in the industry is so positive right because you know, with a with a very well oiled machine, you know, things just work well, things click, games look really, really nice, really slick. And even if you're not in the industry, because it's funny, because when I go out there and, you know, I'm talking to people and I'm showing some of the games, people are blown away by what it looks like, by the detail in the in the characters. You know, you might have a character in, in the background of the game that's just under a light. You know what I mean? And the, the definition and the quality of the, the lengths that we've gone to actually get that into the game is class. And that's what elevates the quality that we're actually putting out there. So no, hats off to all of you guys, because it's, I mean, it's looking what, awesome. It makes the marketing easy as well, because I mean, yep. me, me and yourself do the marketing. And when we have these in-game assets that we can use for marketing, it's like, why do we need to make anything else for marketing? We just advertise literally what's in the game, because it looks yeah. so good. Yeah, because um, people so are totally seeing agree. it. People are, people are seeing it for what it is. You know, they're not having to, you know, sort of speculate what it could be. They're going, they're looking at it and going, man, look at that. That's an amazing, you know, it's an amazing piece of artistry. Let's let's go and have a look at the thing once it's out, right? And that's what creates that conversation and desire and urgency for people to come play the game, which is exactly what we're doing it for, right? So yep. yeah, that's awesome. Exactly.
So, uh, last question for me. So, are we going to see any exclusive content for sort of past games, or is it sort of feature only for sort of up and coming titles itself? I mean, from from our perspective, so if you look at the past games themselves, um, we, we we never know. We, we we might remake a game, you know, in like five years time. That's like you know better graphics because things always change in, in the matter of time. Yeah. It's like a it's like a reboot or something, but not a reboot. Um, but in terms of the story, you know, Kawa's got five games in that storyline, so. We are kind of using past content, but it's going to be new, it's going to be fresh, it's going to have different assets, different mechanics, different progression and story. Those potentially will be up for exclusivity. And it depends as well what customers ask for. And Christian will be able to kind of go on that in a bit more detail, because if a customer really likes one of our previous games, but they kind of wanted a slightly different mechanic, exclusive to them, you know, potentially there is something for that, but Christian will be able to explain that sales side more than I would. Exactly. No, no, it's, it's, it's very uh, tricky here. So once a game goes for a global release, there's no way we can pull it back or it's nothing we would like to do anyway. But if a client then comes and says, we really like this game, can you make us a special version of it? Of course, we're open. That would not be a problem for us to have a, a yeah. conversation about this. But once a game is, is for global release and it's across the markets, it's nothing we will then take down and make exclusive to someone else. But we're always open to speak to people. Um, as Philip said as well, there's upcoming releases in every story. And those those releases could may very well be made exclusive for certain providers, depending on... Yeah on how we move forward. That is more of, a, of a, on the provider, what they want. And these are the conversations we have all the time, just to make sure that everybody's happy on both ends, um, to make sure that any upcoming exclusive titles, uh, we have as much leeway as possible. So Philip and the design team and then our development team, they have they, they know exactly what they, they want the game to come out. It's, it's about communication as well, because mm-hmm. all the teams with, within Arcadium, you know, we're not a massive company by any stretch of the means, you know, we've been around for seven months. And I think to get to the stage where we are now, we've done really well as a team and it's a team effort. But that means communication within the company and everyone in the company speaks to each other. You know, every day we speak to each other, you know, Dev, Dev will speak to design. I'll speak to Devon Design from the design aspect. Um, Christian will speak, you know, about what he's doing as well. So for us, it's all about that open communication, and that makes it easier to do the job we have to do to get this content out there. Just to follow Philip, there we try to um, follow that flat corporate structure, so to say. So we're all in communication. We have uh, everybody knows what everybody is doing at one point in time, um, and we we tell each other what's happening, what's going on, and we have these meetings uh, quite often. Uh, every week with the whole team. Yep. And that creative collaborative approach changes the game because if you feel, and Ignacio, I'll, I'll, I'll just come to you, you know, very, very briefly just to finish off, right? Because I can imagine from your perspective, when you're trying to design games and you've got somebody who's thought of the idea, come up with it, you've got Dev there to speak to as well. I can imagine from a design perspective for you, it's like Christmas every day when you come into work because you could literally ask all the questions that you want to do. You can throw ideas out there. So it's more of a team effort rather than you going away, doing it on your own and then coming back and showing stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I worked as an illustrator for more than 13 years before, you know, jumping into the iGaming industry. Um, so I've, I, I noticed the difference straight away from the very beginning since I joined Arcadium because it's a team effort. You're not on your own, uh, and that really tell you can really tell whenever you, you're coming up with a new piece because you can count on anyone uh, from the dev team or you know uh, other members of the art team 
you can you know share ideas and that's also um, adding to the final product uh, as you as you mentioned uh, yeah the end result obviously uh, feels way better when you're not on your own yeah totally so yeah and it's it's the same as well for me because when i'm designing the actual games and mechanics and the concepts behind them i always design a little story to go along with it so i have you know stuff to work off for myself and i will post it in the design team chat i'm like guys what do you think of this story do you think it's like makes sense and what do you think we can do something with this and then i get feedback on that as well so it's just all levels of how the even when the game is just starting out on its baby steps there's feedback coming in not just from one person so for me as well it improves what i'm doing because i can nail the story of the game on day one then yep. that helps everything progress as it should do yeah totally cool all right well listen as always gentlemen a true pleasure um enjoy the rest of your day thanks very much for taking the time and look thanks forward to much. speaking to you again on the next podcast guys all right so thanks very much enjoy much. Take, care. Take, care. Take, care. Take, care. take care bye bye thanks guys bye bye bye